best to keep moving forward. So we're going to talk about minefields. But first, the first verse we have is Numbers 23, 19. And it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? So the first question on here, the first fill-in is, do you truly believe what the Bible says? Do you believe that God will not lie to you? You need to answer that for yourself. Do you truly believe what the Bible says is true? Do you believe that God is not going to lie to you about what the Bible says? That what he says in the Bible is the truth and it's not a lie? So I definitely believe what the word says. I, I truly believe that this is true. So just keep that verse in mind as we go through this. So we're going to start with wars. War is an intense armed conflict between states, governments, societies, or paramilitary groups. So that's what war is. The word originally comes from a Germanic root, worso, which means to perplex or confuse. So definition of warfare is the raging of armed conflict against an enemy. So how many of you know that we are at war? We are in a spiritual war. We're at spiritual warfare all the time, never ceasing, because we have an enemy that wants us destroyed. That he has waged war against us, and he will do whatever he can to bring us down. So in Matthew 24, 6 through 7, it says, um, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. So there's going to be war, right? That's just a fact of life. The Bible says that there's going to be war. And we already agree that the word, the Bible is true, right? And God wouldn't lie to us. So war is just part of life. So we're at war. That's part of it. It also says in the Bible that we will face trials and tribulations. He didn't say once you become a Christian, you, 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 you know, you come into the kingdom and you have me in your heart and you accept me. Life isn't going to be easy. He didn't say that. But with him within us and him on our side, we can face anything that comes before us. In 2 Corinthians, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for, for pulling down strongholds. If we look at a war and the entities, when two nations are at war, what do they use when they fight? They use mines. They use bombs. They'll use lies, confusion, propaganda, and the media. What better way to spread rumors against other nations than the media? Our media will take anything and run with it and spread lies, which spread confusion, which spread propaganda, which causes all kinds of conflict. So, we are at war. The devil, as you fill in, has declared war on us, and he will use whatever he can to get his hands on us to try to defeat us, to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. So, I know... You know, my dad is a big Western and war movie. So I watched, I've watched a lot of war movies with my dad. And there's a lot of good ones out there that I really like. Um, you know, it's been a while, but the older ones, they're so good. I love watching them, even the funny ones. But, you know, but my favorite show of all time is MASH. I've watched every episode of MASH at least five times. Some of them I could probably quote word for word of what's going on. But that was my grandma's favorite show, too. My grandmother, as I said on Sunday, she was a nurse in World War II, 
and she was in a mash unit, and she was at your um, the bottle of the bulge, and she was at all these places, and she never really talked about the war. But the one thing she did talk about were the mines and the minefields. And she didn't talk about those until she was um, had full-blown Alzheimer's. And so she didn't know me, but I would go visit her in the nursing home. And for a brief moment of recollection, she would see me and she would call my name. And then she would grab me by the hand and we'd go down the hall. And then she was back in the war. And she'd be like, walk where I walk. Now be careful. If you step in the wrong place, it'll kill you. There's mines out here. So she was taking me through the minefield in the nursing home from what she remembered when she was in the war. You know, and I watch MASH, and you see, when you see a minefield in a movie or a TV show, the one episode of MASH, there is a child, one of the village children, has run out after a ball in the middle of the minefield. Have you guys seen that one? And so I think um, Trapper is the one that goes and gets him and, you know, very carefully tries to, you know, gets to him. They find a map that has where all the mines are, and they had to follow that map. We have a map right here. This Bible, his word, that's our map. So the devil has placed all these minefields to try to keep us trapped and from moving forward into the kingdom of God. What are some of these minefields and obst obstacles for you? I mean, a lot of times it's, you know, things of the world, you know, He's, he places these obstacles to keep us from going to the kingdom of God. He will use anything to get us off of the word. He will set up, use greed and alcohol and drugs and fame, you know, and jobs and money and popularity and being accepted by this group or that group. He will use anything and everything to get us off of focus of the word. And that is a mind. So you've got to be careful. You're walking through. Oh, there's this job. I can make twice as what I'm making, but what am I really giving up? Wait, which way do I go? You got to walk around those mines. You got to navigate through. And to navigate through the minefield, you need a map. The Word of God is your map. So you think there's two different types of mines out there that I put down here. The first one is the Claymore mine. And if you've watched the war movies or you have military history or you were in the military, you know what a Claymore mind is. Claymore mind is when you step on it and you come off, it's going to go. And it's going to be one big explosion straight up. And it usually kills whoever stepped on it. So the devil puts out Claymore mines that are designed to kill that individual. And that could be addiction, greed, depression, anything that keeps that person from falling after Christ. But we know it only it doesn't just affect that person. It affects everybody that loves that person, their friends, their family. Because when they have issues, it affects the whole family. But the devil's going after that one with that specific desire or that specific mind to take them off of the word of God. Okay, so now you have a bouncing Betty. So bouncing Betty is one that comes mainly in the form, I say in the form of confusion. So when you step on it and you step off, it has collateral damage and it's to injure and hurt as many people and destroy as many people as it possibly can. Those are the ones that shoot out 
bearings and nails and all kinds of things trying to take down a large group of people. So therefore, striking out a church congregation, attacking the whole family, because when it goes off, it takes out a large group and brings forth confusion. So there's a lot of different things out there that can do that. The same things that bring down the one person, but now the devil's used it to bring down the whole family unit. You know, churches, you know, there's a lot of churches out there who have some different type of doctrine that doesn't line up with the word of God. So they're having a bounce and betty going off in their church because they're creating confusion within those churches. So what are the minefields that entrap you? The biggest one for a lot of people is finding freedom from their past. So you got to find freedom from your past to be able to move forward. So looking back on your past is going to put you right back in that minefield. We've all done things in our past. I've done stuff in my past that I'm not very proud of. And I think we all have issues. We all have skeletons, per se, in our closet that we don't really talk about. I know that I'm forgiven for what I've done. It's, it's in the past. It's history. I don't have to go back in that minefield and dig it up. It's gone. I, I laid it there. I walked away from that minefield. God exploded it. It's gone. It's done. It's never coming back. He'll do that for each and one of you. No matter what you've done in your past, God is here for you. And the good news is he will forgive us. So whatever it is, you ask for forgiveness, he will forgive you. He'll forgive you of offenses, hurt from previous churches, from pastors, from people, from family, from bosses, from coworkers, whoever has hurt you or injured you, he'll give you freedom from that. So if you look at Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all are there. We all have sinned. Nobody is better than anybody else. In Ephesians 1, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Ephesians 1, 7 through 8. And in 1 John, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember that we have a goal to reach. We have an objective. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, just a little reminder, but I think everybody here knows the kingdom of God is full of peace, joy, love, life, prosperity, goodness. When I say all this, it reminds me of the poem, you know, you know, girls are made of sugar and spice and everything nice. You know, the kingdom of God is made of everything nice. All the joy, all the love, all the goodness, all the prosperity, life, peace. That's all the kingdom of God. There is one who does not want us to reach that. And just as an army constructs a minefield to stop the enemy or to slow him down, Satan has laid a minefield to confuse and to wound. Those are your feelings. Confuse and to wound and to destroy. He does not want us to reach the kingdom of God. So various minds are designed to cause different kinds of damage. And this In these end times, the minefields which Satan constructs are not like the types just described. His devious explosive devices are not laid just to cause physical damage, although they very easily can. They are said to cause spiritual damage, confusion, doubt, fear, resentment, terrible wounding, and spiritual death. One of the most deceptive aspects of a minefield, if you remember the movies and you see a minefield, 
You look out, it's so peaceful looking. You know, like at sunset or sunrise, it's so peaceful. And you can see like maybe a little bit of fog and the sunset or the sunrise. And it looks so peaceful. But it's very deceiving. So the devil is going to use that to lure you into. So just because one way looks so much better, so much easier, so much, oh, this is the way I want to go. Look how peaceful it looks. You got to be aware. Because sometimes when God calls us to do something, it's not going to be easy. He didn't say it would be easy. But he said that he would equip those that he calls. He doesn't call you because you're equipped to do it. He calls you for a reason, and he will equip you to go do it. So just because it looks peaceful does not mean it's the right way to go. So remember, how do we get out of the minefield? We use the word of God. This is our map. Can you say, the map is the word of God? So to navigate safely through, we must take ask for God's protection, maintaining humility, watchfulness, and diligence in our task of overcoming and walking in the footsteps. So, you know, like in this day and age, you know, if there's a minefield and countries at war and they go out, they have dog sniffing bomb, you know, the dog sniffing bombs. They have a bomb sniffing dogs. Thank you. (laughs) There's probably another term for them, but they go out and they can find that. Do you know that we have our own bomb sniffing dog? And that's the Holy Spirit. So why not use him? He's sitting back here like that faithful puppy who's called to do a job. And all you have to do is like, okay, Lord, let Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, help me through this. Jesus, show me where to go. That's all you have to do. You just call on his name and he will show you where to go. He will, take, he will make that map clear for you to see where you're supposed to go. So I got a little short story to tell you real fast. Someone sent this to me when I was working on this lesson. How they knew I was doing this, I have no idea because I hadn't shared this with anybody yet, but the Holy Spirit had them send this to me. So it's called Obey My Voice. There were three men flying over the Aleutian Islands on the way to Anchorage, Alaska. The occupants of the small plane consisted of the pilot and two lawyers. The pilot on board was the only one who could fly the plane. Once the plane flew into the clouds, the pilot happened to go unconscious. The two lawyers on board said, what do we do? The lawyer in the front seat beside the pilot handed the radio to the lawyer in the back seat and said, get us some help. The man with the radio said, hello, hello. Another plane answered this, answered. The man with the radio said, hello, hello. The lawyer explained the pilot was unconscious and no one on board knew how to fly the plane. The pilot in the other plane contacted Anchorage Emergency. Soon, Anchorage Emergency contacted the lawyer on the radio. The man from Anchorage Emergency said, We understand no one on board the plane knows how to fly. The man said, First, we got to find you. My job is to get you home safe. First, you must obey my voice. Obey my voice. You are in the clouds and have no idea where you are and how disoriented you are. You must follow my voice or you are going to die. The lawyer radioed back and said, We got nothing but your voice. They told the lawyers they were an hour and a half from Anchorage, and between them and Anchorage, there were storms. The man on the radio said, hear me, don't look at the storms, don't look outside, just hear my voice, and I will get you through. Trust my voice. 
Your head is full of all kinds of voices, but you must obey mine. I am going to bring you in and line you up. The man on the radio said at the end of the runway are some lights in the shape of a cross. The cross will lead you home. Stay with me and follow my voice. So so many listens to other voices and they self-destruct, collapse, or crash and burn. The lawyer obeyed the voice and landed the pain safely. You might be in a scary place with no one to pilot your life but you. Listen to his voice. You may have all kinds of voices telling you what to do. Trust the voice of God. Obey his voice. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We got nothing without the voice of God. So don't look at the storm that's in front of you. Don't look at the storms that are around you. Don't look at what you just came out of. You just listen to his voice. You may not be able to see him, and you can't see where you're going, and you don't know what is ahead of you. And it might be a minefield, but you listen to his voice. He will get you through that minefield. So in First Peter it says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. So follow after him and follow after his steps. So let's call on the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us. Our explosive sniff, sniffing superhero, the Holy Spirit, because he's my superhero. And follow the path God has placed before us and not be distracted by the peaceful lure of the minefield. John fourteen twenty six says, and that's one's not in your notes. But the comforter, which is a Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. So. You can listen to the Holy Spirit and do what the Holy Spirit says, but there's another aspect. And this, this means more and more to me as I go through life. But in, in Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Praying in the Spirit gives us power and calling on the name of Jesus. So my husband, every morning, I know I don't disturb him. He gets, he gets up, he does his routine. He gets dressed, but before he puts his clothes on, he puts the whole armor of God on each day. He goes through the actions, the helmet, the breastplate, the sword. I mean, he goes through it all and says it. And he has, I don't know a man that has more peace than my husband. So I have to, I have to you know, take his example. But we've got to put on the, the whole armor of God. You can't just put part of it on. Because when you go into battle, you don't know what you're facing for sure. You know, you might put the helmet on, but they're coming after your legs. You know, you might put the breastplate on, but they're coming after your head. You got to put everything on. So with the armor of God and the Holy Spirit and his map through the minefield, we can do it. So I just want to, you guys just remember when you walk out of here, each step you take, the devil has laid a mine down for you. But with God and Jesus in your heart and a map to the minefield, you're going to make it through. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> I get a going and a rolling. I can't stop. So your first fill-in is conflict. 
And then at the bottom, we are at war, the devil. The devil is your fill-in. And the devil has placed minefields. And the next one is the kingdom of God. And then you have Claymore Mines. Yeah. And then it's Bouncing Betty. And they probably have other names, but that's just, in my research, those are the names I found. And then next is Freedom, Finding Freedom. And then forgive. And then we have the, an ob- objective is the kingdom of God. That's what we're trying to get to, the kingdom of God. And then Satan has laid a man, minefield to confuse, wound, and destroy. And then we have peaceful. And the last one is God's protection. But that very first fill-in is for you to fill in. That's a question for you. Do you really believe what the Bible says is true? And that God would not lie to you? So, thank you guys for coming out tonight. I know it was kind of a dreary day out there, but, you know... This was something, a lesson God laid on my heart a while back, and I never really developed it, and I started developing it this week. And when the person sent me that story about the pilot, that just gave me confirmation that this was something that I needed to share. But I think I really feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit is our guide, you know, and, you know, we really need to go out there and trust in him to guide us and lead us. And, you know, you pray about a situation, and when you have peace in your heart, you know, you got to have that peace. And just because something looks peaceful doesn't mean it's going to be peaceful. You know, if you think about it, this just came to me, but if you think about it, you go to the zoo and you see the different animals, and what's the one that looks the most peaceful? The lion laying there sunbathing or the alligator laying there sunbathing? But do you think they're really peaceful? <laughs> you know? Not really. (laughs) So peaceful, even though it looks peaceful, it can be very deceiving. And just because you feel like, oh, it's going to be so peaceful at that job. I can just already feel it. There might be a mine. The devil's laid a mine for you. So you just got to pray about it. And when you have that peace in your heart, that's when you know. Because he'll give you that peace when you make those decisions. You wait on him and trust in him. He will guide you every step of the way. Thank you guys for coming out tonight.